Before I start, thank you for listening. This is the Ignition Podcast. Get ready to fuel your passion for cars and motorsport every Monday and Thursday. We bring you stories, valuable career tips and tricks that will help you navigate the automotive world. So don't miss out. Follow the Ignition Podcast now and join the drive towards becoming the number one automotive podcast worldwide. Let's embark on this thrilling journey together. Enjoy the episode. This is a side of the automotive scene you won't usually see. We went to the home of YouTuber and car collector Richard Groves. Richard has been secretly building a collection of affamed cars from McRae to Burns and Lamborghini to Lancia. He also challenges himself to feats like buying a P1 to make millions in three years. Not only will you hear the stories of a man himself, but also a tragic accident where he almost didn't make it. So, if you want to discover what drives us to share knowledge and love of cars, listen to this episode. Being able to speak to amazing people and release their conversations every week is such a pleasure. And it means so much to me that people like you get to listen to this every week. And the fact that you're continuing to listen means even more. But I wanted to ask for a bit more support. I've started a Buy Me A Coffee. You can go onto the link down in the show notes below, click and donate as little or as much as you'd like. It would help me produce better content, keep the editing up, and just in general have better conversations so I can travel further and bring you better guests. If this sounds like something you'd like to help me with, the link will be in the show notes below. Again, thank you so much for listening. It's enough already. And so enjoy this episode. So if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, each month the podcast has a sponsor that I love and I believe helps the car community. And this month's sponsor does precisely that. I've been a big fan of Fuel for quite some time now, especially when it comes to working out. And I've got some exciting news to share with all of you. I recently discovered Huel's ready-to-drink milk. And it's a total game changer. Not only is it delicious, but I'm a big fan of the chocolate flavour. And I'm a bigger fan of the 26 essential vitamins and minerals you need to go about your day. And let me tell you, it came in super handy during a recent 24-hour trip to a certain German racing track. Instead of eating unhealthy petrol station food, Huel kept me energised and focused on and off track. So if you are on the hunt for a quick and easy meal option, go to huel.com forward slash ignition. To receive your free t-shirt and shaker and support the podcast now back to the episode you know it's difficult to talk about because it's, it's just horrendous i try and delete things things that affect me that shouldn't i was bullied quite heavily in in primary richard's not going to be able to do that why doesn't he give up i don't give up there's no there is no give up and that, with someone like me that's what i need you know i thrive on adversity that's what I love. That's the buzz. Lamborghini's there. It's really cool. You know, I'm going to go for a drive. I think you've got to use your personality as you are. I think everyone says to me when they watch the video, it's just the same as being in a pub with me and having a drink. We've had, like we were talking earlier, you know, 150, 160 cars. Yeah. I've owned them. I've driven them. I've seen all the pain points. I've seen all the good points. I know a lot about them. The P1 is amazing. The aim was to make a million pounds on that car in three years. Everything I do is like, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it today, not weight um i'm i'm action life is the monday just having a coffee and lando norris pops up on the message Richard, uh, what ignited your passion for cars well playstation being down in wales as a kid we had a cottage down there so being in brecon the rallying rac rally fantastic times colin mcrae science burns all these people there um Hankinen, Lanciers, especially Lanciers, they they were just my the car I wanted. I wanted a Lancia Delta when I was like seventeen, eighteen. 
back before that, it was going to like Marbella on a holiday and seeing a Diablo and cars like that. And, you know, some of the posters I've got around here are from that era, even like 30 years ago. I just, I just love everything about cars and I think about them like all the time. No, you know, I'm, I'm just watching YouTube. Learn. I just, I just love cars. What was it about rallying growing up that drew you to? I think the characters as well. I think like the Colin McRae's, the, you know, you don't see that now because they're not allowed to be characters, but you know, the characters of the people driving, um, you know, the, the passion, you know, you had like 6 million people at some of the car races. That's incredible, you know, and, I think the big thing for me is that I could buy a car from a showroom that was similar looking to what they drove. So if you look at like a, you know, I really wanted a McRae series Subaru and I got one in the end, but that's what I wanted. I wanted a McRae series because Colin McRae had it and it looked the same. There's no, you know, and, and back then that's just incredible for me to be able to buy that car. I think, wow, he's driving it. Yeah, I know like for me at school, was, there weren't a lot of people that, you know, I talked about cars about two or three. Was it the same for you? Did you have that community? Not really. And I think there's just because it's a different era. We were, I was in sort of a, you know, rugby school before that, you know, I was bullied quite heavily in, in primary. So I was actually moved school to get away from that. Um, so that age, I didn't have too much, but I love BMX. I would just be crazy for bunny hops and just everything, putting little sticks between the spokes. And, I, you know, my mum was just always like, Richard, just, you just come home when there's, he's hungry. You know, I'd just go out. But those were the times back then. Uh, Car-wise, secondary school, I think. I remember people having cars to pick up, but there was no magazines like today. There was no YouTube. There's no TikTok videos going on. It would be more. I remember someone having a Mercedes uh, Cosworth, the 2.316 valve. We had a Mercedes Cosworth body kit, but it was like the 1.9. So I remember things like that. I don't remember talking too much to them about cars. Not like the days now. So when it came to sort of, you know, your career, uh, did you, did, was, was there a job that you found or was it, was it with cars? Did you? Did you no, I've that? never worked for anyone. Um, I think that it, it was obviously a difficult situation because I was planned to be a professional golfer. That was my run. That's what it was going to be. Um, and then at 18, we lost this house that we're in today. Um, that was very difficult. Um, my mum and dad got divorced. We ended up in different houses. I think, I think it was just... And I had sort of 300 pounds left. That's what I had in my account. And I thought, right, what can I do? And I had a, a party with a friend and he said, why don't you do mobile phones? With me? And that was it. And I said, well, you do the phones and I'll play golf, which obviously doesn't really work because, you know, it was never probably going to work, but that was what I was doing. And then it, it didn't work between us because I was playing golf and not involved in what was going on and wanted to be more involved. That phone company started to grow. I mean, my first phone, I mean, this is just a ridiculous story. And these are like through my life, things are just like crazy. We went in, the reason it's active is A, because of yellow pages. So I thought if I'm in yellow pages, I want to be first. And then someone had ABC comms, which I wasn't happy about. So, but it was active digital. That's what I'm saying. Go in, active, fine. First phone call, hello. Um, yes, we're a receiver and we've got like 100,000 NEC P4 phones and we're looking at selling them. I'm like, okay, so this is my, my first phone call. Um, they're going to be like £110 a phone. Um, have you got anyone? I said, yeah, yeah, I've got someone for them. Thinking, well, I don't know, anyway. So I run Cordwell. So obviously that was a Cordwell group, John Cordwell, and I said, I've got these phones and uh, they're £115 you can have and they said yeah we have um it was something like 
two or three thousand and that and it was like a thirty thousand profit for me. I said, yeah, yeah, I rung the receiver back. And, and looking at back it now, I should have sold all of them. But I was just like, oh, my God, it's a deal, and they yeah. want 3,000 of them. And I didn't have to do anything. They went and bought them. They paid me the commission separately. That's how it started. So that was my first call. And I thought, oh, yeah, this is easy. <laughs> and, and the silly thing is, is that I've never done a deal like that since. Really odd. I've never done a deal like that. I, I thought, this is going to be easy. There's going to be phones coming up. But it was just yeah. total one-off. And that gave us a bit of cash flow to get going. I mean, I was in a, I mean, it's just thinking back, it's just like a lunatic because I had uh, a Clio 16 valve. That would have been, so So going back to that, I had a Golf, I had a BMW I had, then I I was sort of, because I didn't have much money, I was going down and down in cars to like, you know, get to like a mini Metro in the end. Um, And I actually sold my golf clubs to keep the business going at one stage. So I was trying to play golf, but I didn't have any clubs because I'd sold them. But everything to me was the business. So... I had a Clio 16 valve blue. I really wanted a Williams. So I sprayed it all gold. I mean, I had gold aerials, gold active digital on it. I mean, it was just, we were like the fastest mobile phone company in Kent, you know. So um, I had that and that was my, you know, I think it was about 9,000 I paid for that quite a bit of the time. And, but that was my car and I was like, do the exhaust, I'd do the wheels, I'd do the suspension and I'd make it as racy as it could be. I think it's, like especially when anyone's first car, like I did the same thing. I had a Clio as well. Um, it was a 1.2. But um, yeah, you, 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 get, you get your car, you stick a bomb the entire thing. You did the exhaust and stuff. And I think it's, especially when you're younger, that's the best thing, best thing you can do if you really have a passion for cars is just explore what you actually like about the car. It's okay to talk, right? Well, Tacona is a brand that's changing mental health awareness. I have always been one that's found it hard to talk and that my feelings, well, they weren't exactly best spoken. Once I found Tacona and learned more about what Lewis does, I was amazed that a clothing brand is making people aware just with one simple logo. If you see a Tacona t-shirt, a shirt, a cap, a hat, a sticker, whatever it is, you know that person knows it's okay to talk. And because they want to help spread the message, Tacona is giving us 10% off. So if you listen to this podcast, in the show notes below will be a link to the website. And if you use code Ignition10, you get 10% off store-wide products. So, enjoy and enjoy the rest of the episode. Yeah, but I, I love stereos as well. You know, I liked Alpine stereos, putting subwoofers in and, and playing with a graphic equaliser. You, you don't do any of that now. That was that was good fun in the day. Yeah, unless you're running a podcast, you don't do any of it. <laughs> yeah, I can see you've got one. Yeah. It's a massive pain, all this, but yeah, it does pay off. But no, I think it's it's interesting because when, you, when you're doing that, the car, you learn some of your skills as well, mm. not just sort of, know how to modify them you're doing problem solving as well if you're putting brand new definitely yeah modified parts into a new car yeah i mean i'm definitely good at breaking anything on cars. no but (laughs) but that was what i meant about um people skills so if you look at golf we spoke a bit about school i always know someone for something it doesn't matter what it is like if if i had a phone call now and someone said richard could you do i'd like i know someone you know i've got a black book that's got thousands of people i've got I would say I've got a hundred close friends. So if you look at that from a, a point of view, a lot of people say, oh, you probably have five. I, I've probably got at least a hundred people I could phone and talk about anything and they wouldn't talk to anyone. And that's really how I define things. How many people have you got like that? Like if you were stuck somewhere, I just, if my car broke down, I just there's no problem. I'd just ring anyone in my phone book. They'd come and help me. I think if you got that fast, me, it would be five people. But... Right, okay. Yeah, generally. And that's like, something maybe you want to try and grow, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. But 
I'm also I'm I'm, I'm quite happy to have five people because yeah. I, I I'm not someone that will actually go and yeah. I, I do. But I, nor was I. I was yeah. so shy. Yeah. I can't even tell you. I don't even know how I've done YouTube. No, I don't. I don't know because I would never want to get up in school and even you know do a reading or or anything. You know, my sister does all that with active. I would. I I really. Do, it just it, it's unbelievable people want to watch me if I'm honest you know because I, I just don't you know never thought I would be able to do that well I mean if you're able to you know have 100 close friends it's quite it's quite easy to see why people would want to watch you if you're you know if you're genuine in front of camera because I've, I've seen some of your stuff and it is generally interesting because you're you can see the passion you have for the car and the history of the car and what you do with it and like you say you all those books on your shelf and all the knowledge you have it's clear that it comes through and I think people relate to that maybe it's why and and learning memory you know like you know I do a lot of memory stuff I want to be able to re I can remember back a lot of things in incredible detail and that really helps with the YouTube because I can think oh, I'm doing that and I remember seeing that car 15 years ago with that person and 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 training your memory as well I mean I, I do some, some weird things like I think your brain is like a computer and it has a maximum size so when I'm on holiday I try and delete things so when I'm on the oh. beach well I, I just think in my mind I delete everything that, that doesn't mean anything to me and it's almost like a meditation <laughs> okay so I'd, I'd think just delete all things that, that affect me that shouldn't so you know you're always going to have that where you know you've done well and people will you know try and run you down or whatever I would just try and delete that from my brain and it's been a trick I've done for quite a long time so obviously if you have that rough childhood I would just delete that so I can get on with today Make, so it's sense, not there yeah. so if, you, yeah. if you're dealing with bullying at a young age you're trying to forget the bullying so exactly. you don't live with the trauma it makes sense yeah and if you look at like a phone you know which is what my business is you have memory and you want a bigger memory to hold more or you've got to make room <laughs> and that's how I feel my brain is in a great, that's, you know, yeah, that that that's what I do, and I I just like if something's really bad that's happened or whatever, I just think I'm just going to delete that, it, nothing, and and just get on with being happy today. I mean, I, I can't remember many days where I'm actually unhappy, if at all, really. I mean, I I, I just want to get on, want to do stuff. You know? Oh, it makes sense if you, especially if you're now surrounding yourself with your passion. And cars, like you say, you've got a great photo of all the cars you've got currently, and some aren't there. But you, you say you do everything a day. What do they say? You do everything you love every day. You never work. Well, like I finished a YouTube video last night at half past eleven. I done a video for Matfield Pond for the parish council the night before. I said to my wife today, I said I just woke up, but it's like I haven't really been asleep because I've just come straight back in here at seven o'clock. I'm back again. I mean, sleeping for me is a real just. I wish we didn't have to sleep. That would be where I am. You know, my wife's like, Richard, you're just crazy. I'm like, yeah, but I, I don't really, I'm wasting time sleeping. But I sleep a lot. Like, And when I sleep, that's it. I'm asleep. There's no, no like, oh, yeah, I didn't have a good night's sleep. I sleep. Well, if you're so determined to do the whole thing the next, you know, at seven o'clock in the morning, you're going to want to go to sleep because the quicker you can go to sleep, the quicker you can get up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the quicker you can get out to the next car deal because yeah. when did that come about then when, when did you start looking at cars as a yeah know? I mean I lost a lot of money on cars and I, and I think I, I was always buying second hand and, and trying to mitigate the loss as much mm. as I can and then you sort of get lulled into buying new because you want that experience 
but then you lose so much money coming out um, straight away. So 2013, I thought I need to, well, obviously I, I sold all the cars to buy the house back. So I went back to like no cars to yeah. get this house because it was, it was a lot of money to get it back. And I then 2013, I thought, I think that rally cars are where I want to go because on the road, um, the road cars were only doing so much for me. So I thought, what about if I buy a Lancia Delta rally car and just go on the road? Um, so I drove actually uh, an F40 back in 2013, a one-owner car, and it was like 300. It's crazy. It seems cheap, but 300,000. And, and then I drove a Lancia rally car for 40,000, and I thought I'd have the rally car. So I didn't buy the F40. I bought the Lancia. And I thought, right, I, I like this. I, how These have got to go up. How can they be 40,000? done the RIC rally, all this stuff, fantastic to drive. So then I bought another rally car. So I bought Colin McRae's car and Richard Burns's car in the same evening, which was just that crazy story about, you know, my wife wanting a kitchen. Like she doesn't watch any of my stuff anyway, so it's, it's good. She doesn't hear anything. But obviously I'd bought the, the Burns car uh, for 70000 and like I, I just like refreshed on this auction not an auction it was just like a website with rally cars only rally cars for sale.net boom and it come up colin mccray i thought well i've got to have that and i thought i can't get both and we were trying to do this kitchen here and it was about eighty thousand for the kitchen and i'll go in and i'll see it I'll say look why don't we only just come in here we just take our time she said yeah and i run back in and I spoke to david and then i bought that so i bought then the rally car but if you look at that then, like the kitchen was 80, the rally car was 100. The rally car's now like 600,000, you know, at least, and in Beauty Museum, which has been a massive honour for me. I'm just trying to think about the process you go through when you look at a car, because you, you, for some reason your brain went from road cars to rally cars. Like you saw something somewhere or you read something and one, and I can see that. Is that the process you yeah, go through? And and having a gut feeling, I, I just get a feeling and then I'll just go. Like at the moment, you know, we're looking at this big sort of unit in Tunbridge Wells and I've got this car network on my mind and I think I've got a lot of knowledge, but is YouTube where I want to be? You know, what's the next, where's past that? Um, and this sort of car network and maybe people coming and seeing the cars more rather than me having to hive them off everywhere um, would be really, really nice. And, and they say, yeah, knowledge is... It's just gained over time and experience. Um, it's interesting. I mean, do you want to know how I sort of started YouTube? And does that give you a bit of an idea of... So really, I, I went out with a YouTuber, a very famous YouTuber in Mamercia Largo. And I come away thinking that the young guy is fine. They're getting a lot of exposure. But do they really know about cars? And I, had, I just didn't feel that. I felt that... Um, the knowledge wasn't there. And that wasn't their fault. It was just that they haven't been alive long. Like yeah. So, yeah. Like so you know, they're, they're reviewing a car, but I owned it and I drove it. And once you've had, like we were talking earlier, you know, 150, 160 cars, yeah. I've owned them, I've driven them, I've seen all the pain points, I've seen all the good points, I know a lot about them. So that, that really started me thinking about YouTube. And then I went to that YouTuber and said, you know, hi, I'm thinking of maybe starting my own channel dead. No response. I thought, okay, well, and that, with someone like me, that's what I need. You know, I thrive on adversity and, and people saying you can't do it. Or you, can, you know, when I first started phone, someone said to me, you, you know, a family member said, oh, 
you, you, you're going to struggle with that phone business. I said, well, why am I going to struggle? He said, well, when everyone's got one, you won't sell anymore. I said, hey, how does that work? I think they'll have another one. <laughs> but that was the perception yeah. because no one in the family was doing technology. They were all in building and, you know, that type, which is that sort of, of, yeah, yeah sort of that. stuff they can see and understand and farmland and buying land. And, and I, was, um, I was obviously doing tech. So yeah, so anyway, going back to the channel, I thought we um, obviously went into COVID and I'm at home and I'm thinking, oh, I just want to do something, you know, and I mm-hmm. thought, how can I show people the cars? And I thought, we set up a YouTube channel. I rung um, one of my staff and a friend, a good friend of mine, Dan, and I said, you know, I just want to do something. I just want to start a YouTube channel. He said, but when do you want to do it? I said, well, tomorrow morning. I'm like, what? I said, have you got a camera? He said, yeah, I've got a camera. I said, that's all we need. Just get a camera. I said... Uh, I said, I'll get the rally car, we'll go out. So that was the first video, was the next morning. You know, so we, but luckily we went up the road and they closed the road. Well, this is just weird. They've closed the road for me. So I'm going back. <laughs> so I'm like, this must be a sign. This is going to be good. So I was going up and down in the Lancer and, and uh, you know, I can see Facebook posts on the local village thing saying there's a lot of noise coming now. thinking, oh God. But luckily it was a closed road. So anyway, I was doing that um, and... And obviously, you worry because you you know if you you know never been on camera, but you got to remember I'm so shy; it's unbelievable. You know, I wouldn't you know want to talk that much, or if I didn't know you, or that that type of thing. So it was it was it was interesting. And then we done, and I started to think mm, I enjoy this. And then I was fishing with Dean Macy, top fisherman, and he was fishing at my lakes, and the lakes are my passion as well. So be, the, the thing is, I think what you're going to come back to is everything I'm doing is what I enjoy. You know, whether it's fishing, cars, golf, everything's linked to that. And and that's how I wanted it to be. I didn't want a business that I wasn't passionate about or didn't want to do. And I love tech. Well, you've seen I've got four iPhones here, haven't I? Three AirPods. I just I just embrace tech. Um, so we started the YouTube, started to go well, met Dean. Dean's fishing with me. He said, Richard, you know, um, you know, what have you got car wise? I said, Oh, I've got a you know, Lancia rally car and I've got a Lancia, and that's me. You know, I'm just like, yeah, that's what I've got. You know, he's like, bring it up here. So then I'm back, getting the rally car, bring it. He's in it. Then he said, could I come on because it's his favorite, one of his favorite cars, or his father-in-law's mm-hmm. favorite. So we went to Buell, done a video there that was really good, and you know, we've done some really nice productions on that. But it was early on. Then obviously, when COVID stopped, obviously we start working again. So it's yeah. like, God. So so Dan got busy. I got busy. We're like, how can we keep this up and get going? So. Dan um, is, is mainly in the tech side, and I thought, well, I'm going to have to try and learn this editing myself and that, which I've Because it's a hard graph, that. Yeah, I mean, it's not the best, but I, I just think that you, YouTube, to me, was always about amateur learning. Yeah, so, so if, if I wanted to make it a business, would I lose my passion for doing stuff and, and the filming and that? I think I would, because I just want it to be like, you learn something today. and, and do I really care about views if my money's coming from over there anyway? So does it matter? Yes, it bloody does because I hate it when it doesn't get many views. But, um, but every video I've done, I feel like I've done my best and that's something across my whole staff, all the businesses I've got. If you, you know, we had a meal recently and I'm saying to them about sort of, you know, your passion, your commitment and noble intention. You know, if you're doing your best, that's all I want from you. And wherever that leads to, leads to it. Maybe that we're still the customers unhappy. But as long as you've done your best, that's all you can do. That's all, all we, you know, we try and aim for. 
But you can't change everyone's opinion of everything, can you? You can't physically change someone's. You, I've always said to people, you never really know where people are in their life. You know, you go out today, you could go down that road and there's a bit of road rage and that guy's just lost his son. You, you don't know where anything is. I do that across a lot of things. I say to people, just take a step back, understand where they are. You may think they're being arsy to you today, but you don't know where mentally they are. They might have just lost their home. They might have. So you just got to be, be careful with not reacting too quickly. I can see how you know doing a YouTube channel would, would, be, would be the next logical step for you because if you're you know if you're all about learning and you change your brain to follow its passion by you know getting rid of negative thoughts, it's it's easy to see why a YouTube channel would be the next thing because you're you need to show people this this amazing knowledge and, and cars you have and the passion you have because it's it's just the next logical step of making your yeah and that that is very difficult and I, and I'll tell you why it's very difficult you know if I was in America I'd probably be like boom boom boom. UK, it's not so much. That's why I hid everything. You know, I didn't want any, I had a, you know, a Golf diesel till I was like 40. You know, no one knew about the cars. And I wouldn't want to talk about it, if I'm honest. If someone would say to me, I mean, even when I started the YouTube channel, you know, they, most people thought I hired them. And, you know, my wife was at a meal and they said, well, you know, Richard, how's he, you know, where does he hire all those cars from? And she went, I think they're his. <laughs> you know, like, your, wife, so, your wife doesn't know. No. Yeah. <laughs> so she come back going, all the cars, they're all yours, aren't they? I go, yeah, of course they are. You know, and but that was just because I'm not showy. You know, I'm just yeah, that's just not me. And and I know you need to be to get the views. I don't want to be like, oh my god, I just bought a Lamborghini today. You know, I'm just I'll just be like, yeah. yeah, I bought a Lamborghini today, and it's really cool. You know, I'm going to go for a drive. You know, that's but I think you've got to use your personality as you are. I think mm. everyone says to me when they watch the video, it's just the same as being in a pub with me and having a drink. That's they they think it's a one to one video, which I think is nice. Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's different. It's because it's, like I say, it's different for most of the car content. If all you see are these days are people doing burnouts or people being two times themselves, it's it's nice to see that you don't want to you know sacrifice your personality for the sake of you know creating interesting content. Yeah, you know, speaking of YouTube, I, I, there's a video of you know and, and you because you, you seem like quite a driven person and in the videos. And was there a certain car that sort of took you to a certain place? Well, I think I think the moment was really obviously the crash. You know that was. You know, it's difficult to talk about because it's, it's just horrendous. But you, you imagine for me, you've got uh, at the time I've got the phone business, that's going well. I've, I've just bought a, you know, a Subaru P1, which I really stretched to get actually. And then, um, and I remember it because we kept getting broken in. And uh, that doesn't, doesn't happen now because we don't have anything on site. It's all remote virtual warehouse. But back then you had your storeroom and your stock room and you go and do the post. And, and uh, we kept getting broken into and uh six times and and one evening the alarm's gone it's like 11 o'clock at night and i'm probably half an hour from the office so i go off in the p1 roberts bridge to to paddock wood boom over there get there everything's just like ransacked just like oh geez not again um police come do all that and it was the night of the big storm uh so in sort of 2001 november and I, and I remember heading off and the rain is like horrendous. I'm like, Jesus, hardly see. And I, I went along the A21 and all I remember is just like a flash of water in front of me. And I was off, uh, you know, going down a hill and I was just off the road. And I thought, whoa, you know, and it, 
And all I could hear was like, and I remember looking out the window and then landing and then just coming to and thinking, I've lost my eye. That's the first thing I thought because I couldn't, I couldn't see. I could see out of one, but not the other one. I thought, I'm going to ring my mum. And that was, you know, that the Nokia car kit stayed in there. I don't know how, because we rolled several times, but the Nokia kit's there, and I just went, Mum. And she answered, I said, Mum, I'm in the field. And I, I mean, I think I'm Lamberhurst, and, uh, I, you know, I, and, it, and I'm, I'm freezing, like my body's shaking in seconds. No, no, I've, if I'd been upside down, it's game over. Yeah, upside down, game over, because I'm so far off. So I've managed to stay on all four wheels and that way up but I can't get out I mean I'm just crushed in the car I'm just like I'm thinking back in my head blood corners you know I've still got a big scar there now but blood's just going down and I'm thinking geez I don't know if I've got long and I can hear so I ring another friend who was was with me at the said look I can see them but I'm so far off and it's down 15 foot down they're missing me so I'm sort of trying to go, you're going past me, fire engines, ambulance, they, go, they went past. Just, yeah. But luckily, you know, my brother-in-law is ex-army. He's come down, he's jumped the fence. It's like 15 foot drop, drop, boom. And the first thing he does, gave me his jacket. And I was like, and I just, and I thought I'm, I'm safe now. And then they lit up with fire engines, like, like a, you know, a football pitch, the light. It's just like, oh. You know, and then they're cutting me out and then I'm off. And, and it's interesting because I started to sort of come round a bit more. And when I got in the ambulance, my sister was there. And of course, I run the, you know, business with my sister. And I said, we've got to do that deal. She went, Richard, what? He said, tomorrow, the big deal we're doing. Because we had our biggest customer was having 100 connections, the biggest deal we've ever done. And I was like, whoa, and they're, they're really growing, big pharmaceutical. So I'm in the ambulance saying to her, we need to do this price. This thing, just make sure you get it done. That's what we need to do. And then I'm off to hospital. But what was really weird there was, and this is the, the thing with head injuries now, is that they stitched me up. My mum come, took me up. I thought I was going to die because I'm thinking blood, brain injury, do 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 do. But for them, they didn't realise. I think I don't know if anyone gave them pictures. Did we have, you know, of the actual act? Was, was there a picture phone there? Because we're on Nokia's and stuff, mm. you know. Do we, So they probably thought, well, he's had a knock and we're going to stitch him up. And, and I think it was it was horrendous night because you just don't want to sleep. You think, well, I'm going to die. So then from there, I thought, every day, I'm going to do as much as I can. And, and I mean in different ways. Like, I love collecting my daughter from school. I love taking them something to eat. Everything I do is like, I'm going to do it. No, I'm going to do it today, not wait. Um, I'm, I'm action, not talk. You know, I'll do the talking after and I'll get it done. And that's just because of that accident. Because when you have life-changing stuff, like a lot of people have, you've then got to go again and think, crikey, that could have been it. You know? Yeah. I think, I, I mean, I resonate with that. Cause I, I mean, people call me driven. I don't, I don't buy it. It's only because I'm not at the point I want to be. If that makes sense. Like, yeah, you're constantly, for you, I think it's, you know, you want to live every day to the full because you, you experience something which can, you know, you your life is almost taken from you. So it's, yeah. you know, every day you wake up now, it's like, I could, this could happen again. So it's, I can see why it's, but, um, you know, you said earlier, Richard, that you like to, you like to wipe the bad memories. Is there a reason you keep that one in particular? Um, 
it's only recently I spoke to it because of that YouTube video. And obviously yeah. I got quite upset because, you know, you don't, you know, you try and forget about stuff. But I think, you know, if you can remember back a little bit on stuff that's happened, like I remember Steve Backley, a good friend of mine, and he, he said to me, how often do you think about the accident? And back then it was like every day. Um, but now it's not, it's not so much. You know, I don't think about it that much, but I'm still just hugely driven and, um, and wanting to do stuff. But not, not, I wouldn't say like in an unhealthy way. You know, I think people can take that in the wrong way. They think, oh, you're, you're in here and you're working, you're doing stuff. Well, am I really working? I mean, I'm just doing what I want and I'm fortunate to have it as a business. And I can, you know, I love, we was, at, you know, the first partner to be at Apple's new head office at Battersea, you know, last week. And that to me is just like a massive buzz. You know, we've got, you know, the World Cup going on. Most of those players and coaches are my customers, my phones. You know, I've got Jodie Kidd coming next week to drive the SV. You know, I, she's a customer of mine. Her son's on our children's sim, you know, the security. I mean, that's, that's a massive passion for me to bring that product out, which we're going to go mainstream. But just to be protecting children with phones, I don't care about the money. It doesn't make any difference to me. And that's probably why, I mean, maybe I haven't done as well as I could, but the money hasn't really been the thing. The thing for me is like the staff parties. We've had one recently where, you know, you know, I've helped a lot of people, but I've wanted to, but also they've helped me because I've helped them. They work unbelievable. They're so passionate about active that that's how you grow a business. Depending on what the business is, I think with you, you've got to take care of your staff, but in, in a way of understanding them. So I would say that it's not always about financial. So I'll give you an example. So if you started for me and I knew you liked horses, let's just say, and, you, and I've got a big project, you're working with me. And first thing I say, Harry, how those horses going? Was you with them with the weekend? You, and you go, yeah, yeah. And then suddenly you're on the right footing with me. So we're talking. I know what your passion is, what you do. And that could be different to someone who's got two children at home that are very young. And I can say, how's your sleep going? You know, they go, oh, yeah, Richard, I know what it's like, it's, you know. But not in a way of undermining anyone, but just we, we know what that's like. So I'm trying to get the best from you. Um, and then from building a business, um, I think, Obviously, you've got to use as much tech as you can now, like you're able to run this as yourself. I'm running a YouTube channel as myself. And then it's just bringing in people who really are um, sincere and, and are really behind what you do. And there's no animosity to you doing well. And they're the sort of people you want to surround yourself with. That's, that's good. It's good. It's great information for people to you know, listen to. Because like I said, if you can get people to be their best, you know, see the company as well, you do well. Everyone like it's effect, it affects people around you. Like if everyone's in a good mood, everyone's going to be buzzing off each other. Yeah, and I don't really do much micromanaging at all. I I expect you to do best you can. Things happen; they do. So. I guess if people are doing a job, they know to the job. They're not going to need you to be breathing on the back every five seconds. If exactly, they exactly, yeah. exactly. And that's what I'm employing them for. Otherwise, there's no point having they're doing that role for me. Mm. Uh, and would you ever, I mean, would you ever sell the company? Would you ever move on? Or is this something you want to keep with you? I mean, I get offers all the time. It's just that the money doesn't really have any interest to me. So, I mean, I, I, I spoke to some of the staff the other day because, you know, there's people buying fine companies. And, and I said, well, you know, if I, sell, if I sell and have money, what do I become like Cyril Sneer? And I'm just counting money, in my, you know. At the moment, you know, I get on really well with the staff. I'm passionate about their meals. I like to know what they're doing, how they're achieving. Be that from just 
you know, we do like the well-being days we've done a lot of, and, and they have active days where they go and do stuff. Like they went to Harry Potter World with their sons, and 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 there's all the pictures going up, and absolutely loved it. And these are like days that we give, but we make sure you have to do something, and then you have to send it to us. It's stuff like that that really drives me and gives me that sort of passion. So money makes, couldn't you really care? Well, you can tell that I haven't got a watch, have I? Or I think I've only got a wedding ring. I don't even. I mean, at the moment, I mean, my wife, she, I've only got one pair of trousers. And people think I'm joking. I'm not joking. She said, they don't fit you anymore. I've thrown them out. I'm like, and I don't even know where to get another pair. So I'm in, that's why I'm in shorts at the moment, because I've got loads of shorts, because we went on holiday. We've got one pair of trousers. And then people go, Richard, how can you have 30 cars and one pair of trousers? But the trousers don't interest me. The cars do. It's, like, it's just like, it's just crazy. But I quite like it being a little bit sort of funny. So is, is, is time more important then? It sounds like time and you know, spending time with people and facilitating time. With yeah, and I, and I work a bit weird. Not weird, but, you know, I don't have a calendar. I don't have an alarm clock. So, like, when you turned up today, I thought, oh, yeah, he's turning up today. I hadn't, you know, so... So I, I don't I don't work in normal ways. I'm just going to do what I want to do. But I'm in a fortunate position that I can do that. So if I today think I'm going to do something on YouTube, then I'm going to do something on YouTube. It's raining today, so I'll probably go fishing. Or I might go to the driving range, but I've got to pick up my daughters from school, so I might take that. That's, I just don't have that. You look at your car collections. I find you had 160 cars. Is there maybe one that stands out, or is it something that you go, oh, don't, oh, "How do I get that one?" Yeah, I think obviously the Colin McRae, and then having that in Bewley is really exceptional. And you know, I went there with my family the other week, and it is a bit weird because you go in and it says Richard Groves is the owner, and my daughters are like, "Oh, it's you, Dad," you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, I think." But I've been there sort of since they were like one, fifteen, sixteen. So. That that's like a crazy car, and I love it when people tag me in because they've seen the car there. Um, and then obviously the the P one is pretty amazing from what I was trying to do there. I think the the aim was to make a million pounds on that car in three years, and it wasn't. You know, I I liked the P one, but I wasn't that into them because I never thought I'd be able to afford them. And sometimes with the cars, if I can't actually have them, I find I don't gravitate to them. That's how I, you know. I just it's just like if it's a M3 or something, I'd be more into that because I think I could actually use that and drive that. So, yeah, we ended up buying the yellow P1 for uh, 1.2 million with 200 miles. Um, and I thought that they are undervalued. So this is like 18 months ago. But I didn't really want yellow. Um, but it was more I was just going to sit that there as an asset. Fine. And... I spoke about it in JM's YouTube video as well. It was just that I'd, I'd done well with the other cars and I just thought, can I do one big hitter? And, you know, another weird story. I was going on holiday. I thought, I'm, I'm just researching P1. It was just a clip I saw someone saying about P1 values and I thought, I'm going to go P1. And then I was on the plane. It had Wi-Fi and I'd bought one with Dan at VVS before I'd landed. So it's just like crazy. So then I had to go and look at it, saw the yellow and the P1. I was like, oh, okay, you know. And then um, this purple car come up for sale and I have to have that purple kit. So I rung them and I said, um, at the bottom of the advert, I don't think anyone ever looked all the way down, but it said purple MSO available separately. Strange because the car's already purple. So I rung them and said, look, I'd really like to buy that separately. I said, yes, Richard, this is how much it is. Do you want it? I said, yeah, I'll buy it now. Bang, done. So I bought that for about, 
think it was about 215,000. So now the car's at like 1.4-ish. Um, and that met, I met VE Engineering. I then went to Varish. And so it started to open all this stuff because I saw what he's doing. And yeah. of course, I've got a spare yellow body now. So I don't know if you know, it takes two days to do that. So they, there's five, five parts, take okay. it off, put it yeah. on. The other guy goes back to yellow. I go to purple. So now I've got a 1.4 million car, but I've also got a 200,000 body. You see that? So really, I'm sort of where I was. So then the purple was amazing. And then we'd done the Heaver event, which was great. And the car was like massive reception in the only carbon MSO purple, which I didn't even know until I rung the MSO guy and said, how many purple ones did you make? He said, one. I said, one. I thought, wow, I've got the only. And, and I love that car in the purple. And it was quite interesting because when Heaver finished, I had a message. I was with my wife. It's the Monday, just having a coffee, and Lando Norris pops up on the message. You like to sell your beautiful P1, yeah. So, so, it's, so, how would I ever be in touch with these type of people um, without having a car like that? Um, and I've still got the car. I haven't sold the car because I think long term it will go more. So, um, you know, like the price I gave to Lando is probably too high at the moment, but I see them going up. And then I spoke to my wife and she said, don't sell that car. And she has never really been in any of my cars. She went in one car and curbed the wheel and just went, no more. So, yeah, I've still got the P1. And I think that, I think it won't be 1 million I make on that. I think it'd be 3 million. I think long term, the McLaren P1, only carbon MSO purple in the world will be one of the most expensive cars ever. Because if you look at the P1, you've still got hybrid. But you look at the videos on it, it's amazing to drive. It's the fastest of the Holy Trinity. And just the purple just makes it. So I'm, it all the time, it's difficult because when you get offered something, you can think, well, I'll just take the money and then you might have another run. <laughs> and like Tom Hartley and that keep going, oh, the P1's the best. It's the next one that's going to go up. You know, So it's like I've got to try and you know, keep hold of it and, and make money elsewhere. You're building the history of that car, like, as you speak. Like you say, it's the only MSO kit. You, you know, Lando Norris will try to buy it. You know, you, yeah. and cars have stories. I think it's why I don't know. I don't really speak to values of cars, but there might be why certain cars have certain value. You know, if Colin McRae didn't drive the the rally car and the, the Impreza and stuff, would it be worth as much as it is today? Exactly, and that's where you know I've been fortunate to have them in that time. And I mean, I'll give you, um, or like here, I said I've got the suitcase from Geneva for the P1. They originally used to spec them, so I've been buying lots of stuff on P1. But another car recently, I bought, um, say recently, it's probably over a year ago. I bought an Escort Cosworth WRC. So the road and rally collection that I built is Focus RS, Focus Rally Car, Subaru 22B, Subaru Rally Car, Escort Cosworth, Escort Rally. Then you got the Lancia with the Lancia road car. So the Escort was the one I wanted to do. And I bought both the Escorts in the same afternoon while fishing. Yeah. Just on the iPad, I bought both of them. Bought a road one, bought a rally one. Get a phone call, Richard. Um, picked up the rally car. Check the plates, will you? I said, well, I have checked the plates. He said, no, no, no. Check the finish plates. I've got the chassis. And it led the RAC rally, which they hadn't put in the wow. advert. And was podium at Thousand Lakes and gave Malcolm Wilson his run uh, at Ford Motorsport. If it wasn't for that car, he wouldn't have got the job there. It finished. So now Yamo Kutaleto, who was the driver, is coming over to have a look at it and sign it for me. So now the car's gone from 100k, quarter of a million. Just from a few little... Just from knowing that info. Yeah. That's what I love. That's the buzz. 
when you can find something and then find more and more about it. You can tell it's the you know it's the knowledge that excites you. You, know, you say you, you stuff find it about that your your face lights up when you you know you're telling the story about you know what was his name again? Is that well Yama Kutaleto, but also yeah. like um, Stuart Hall does all my rally cars was Colin McRae's chief engineer at Subaru when he won the world championship. Mm. So he's doing my cars and talking to me about having a cup of tea with his mum and Colin after he won ninety five. Solberg winning with him Burns and he's doing the setup on my Astons. And he was a rally driver himself. So I know I've seen some of the videos where people go, oh, Richard, yeah, he's doing it in his garage on his own with some spanners. No, no, no. I've got Colin McRae's engineer doing all the engineering. But again, he's doing that because he's a bit older now and he's like, I love doing stuff with Richard. And it's like, that's what we're doing. We're passionate about it. You know, we've got the new suspension coming on that Aston. I will make that Aston like a GT3. There's no, it's just the time. Just getting the right components. I'll make it. It's not, it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the next month. I'm going to be blitzing people. I've got a new Intrax rally suspension coming in with the right... I've got the right people now. I think the people I were using were okay. But that's what I mean. I had to go on and find other people and find and go and say, that's not good enough. I want... What else is there? Suspension's moved on. I pay a bit more and I get this with this adaptive thing and can do that, you know, and you get more feel for steering. And so I'm I'm going to make that happen. And And... Like I say, I do like it when, you know, people are saying, oh, Richard's not going to be able to do that. Why doesn't he give up? Joking. I don't give up. There's no, there is no give up. It's either, it can't be done. That's, that's the only, that's the only time. time. That's the only time. It can't be done. You know, that's, we don't give up. We just walk away and come back stronger. You know, I I love analogies. You know, I'll tell you what, Instagram has been so powerful for me. I love Instagram. I love the music. I just love the music and, and like words from Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or stuff like that. It fires me up. Yeah, I love Matthew McConaughey. So You're right, yeah, yeah and the stuff, yeah. Joe like, Rogan. Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah, just stuff like that. If I, I tell you, if I hadn't had Instagram, I think it would have affected my life. I, I love it. And I, I love making reels with music and boom, 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 you know, and, and cars coming in. And, you yeah. know, I just love that fun of it, of Instagram. And I, I say to people who haven't got it, I say, get Instagram. And they're like, Richard, I love Instagram, all the music and all the, and, and it's like, it's like an adrenaline pump. I mean, I give you like, I went out in the STO, so I bought the STO back. Um, that was another one that I thought they were a bit, that they were going to fall. And obviously they did, and then I bought it back. But going out in that car and you accelerate and stuff, it's just like, there's no better feeling. It's just an adrenaline pump. And then you like fired up and you have to almost calm yourself down, you know, because you're like, whoa, you know. I can, I can see like sort of when you mentioned that sort of you, you at school and, you know, obviously I, I was bullied a bit and I can mm. see how, you know, it makes sense that, you know, you, you, you think everything's possible now because you, you've experienced the worst thing you can really at a yeah. younger age. And, it's, it's, and it, it is, it is very, uh, you know, mentally debilitating because you don't want to go to school. You don't want, you know, you don't know what's coming next. Um, and, uh, but some of this stuff's defined you, you know, this is defining who you are as a person and you have to sort of make that, a thing of that's going to define me to go here and that and and a lot of the stuff I look back on is almost like training you know like it's it was training you for where you're going to be and whether that's you're collecting cars like me and doing phones or whatever you're doing that's defining your level and is there so I said Richard you know the next five ten years is there a place you want to be is there a car you want to own is there a a business you want to start is it I, I think um I'd like to share my story more to younger people. 
I think that would be the, the key for me now. I'm doing a junior carp series at the lakes that starts Sunday. I want to get this big unit in Tunbridge Wells. I've made an offer on that. I want a, I want a platform. I mean, the events are just amazing for me. Imagine Heaver, most people have ever had. You know, first big event for us. Didn't even really market it. Um, but I was able to have the ability to understand how I wanted a car event to me. So, so this car sort of club or network I'm going to create, the current car clubs and stuff that's out there doesn't interest me. So I needed to make my own. It doesn't, it, it, I, I needed to make my own like a clubhouse type thing that, that I want with the people um, with the similar interest to me. Um, I mean, I'd hardly been to any car sort of shows before the ones I was doing myself anyway, but I'd been to sort of a few like at Leeds Castle and I thought it just seemed very disjointed and very, I don't really, so Heaver I was trying to make like the Lamborghini bit this sort of castle bit, the sort of fun bit with the Only Fools and Horses van, which yeah. I just love. You know, my mum was always texting me, going, are you going to buy that Only Fools and Horses van? And then I got one. And that, and, and people can, I love people going in that, playing the music, messing around. And then I could show the rally cars. And it's all there because it, it, going back to business, you, I had to make social media work for the business and i haven't really integrated that yet because i've kept it a little bit separate but i will over time you know like i use a lot of air tags and stuff on cars and um i think that that will evolve more that the business will work more along trying to do with the cars and and yeah i mean i i, I watch i say a lot of youtube a lot of entrepreneurs a lot of stuff and i can see sort of some good stuff some my stuff's quite an honest story because if you go from sort of being wealthy to having nothing to then having to come all the way back you've got the actual experience of doing it which not many people have and like we were saying before you have to have that experience to be able to do things if you're quite young like yourself you're quite young you're coming up but you'll remember stuff meeting me meeting so and that drives you to the next podcast to maybe ask a different question I think it's one of those things like you mentioned entrepreneurs like Stephen Barlett's a big one for me because he's like, well, one mm. sense so like looking at this podcast the lighting's changed a bit yeah. better mics better cameras and it's all like adding up to the yeah. point where you create a better and again the questions the questions have to get better each time because if I'm asking better questions people are more engaged yeah and they're answering and they're answering yeah. things it's not the same episode day and day out but yeah but your first question of where where do I want to be I think um I want to be healthy. I think that, uh, that's a big key for me, and I feel pretty healthy at the moment. I feel um, feel very strong. You know, I don't feel coming up to fifty. You, you know, if you, I feel maybe fifties, thirty-five now. Um, I don't feel like I'm like a retired racehorse yet. Um, I, I say it's more doing stuff I want to do with my family a bit more, which which I plan to do, and and maybe. You know, I just love helping people. I mean, I say like, you know, the Matfield Pond stuff, I've just done that. Have all those machines and be able to make that really good for all the local people. Like it was, I went on Facebook like Sunday and it had like a hundred likes. That's, I just want to drive past it and some little kid's catching his first fish. That's, that's the buzz, isn't it? And, what, and I can do that. I can make things happen. And that's what I'm very good at is making things happen. Like I can, I mean, one in Matfield, I just looked at it. Well, I'm just having a big stone bridge there. Everyone's you're crazy now there's a massive stone bridge there yeah i guess it's that ability if you take people with you as well like you mentioned you've got 100 close friends and if you're able to create a network like that you're able to help people and see the vision i guess as well yeah and i think that um 
you know, it's, it's like you said, surrounding yourself with the right people is key and they have the same vision and there's no animosity to you doing well and seeing it and they just want to enjoy it you know, and enjoy that ride. I, I think people in the English culture has always been a little bit down, like playing down, doing well. And I'm just sort of at the point where I'm like, you know what? You know, I'll, I'll show what I've done and that's what I've done. But there's no... Um, I'm not someone who's going to go around like with, you know, I hardly have any money on me anyway. I mean, my, my personal account is overdrawn. It stays up. Because it, it, I wake up and I go and go. And I, and I feel like that every day. You know, I remember when I, I, I started to make quite a bit of money and I, I always wanted a Ferrari 355. That was, oh, that was the dream. And I got it. I couldn't work. I was just like, what do I do? I, I I wanted a 355, so I got a 355, so what do I do? So I sold it. Ended up buying Aiton in the end because it was the only way I could, I could think I want to buy another one because I was driving to get, you know, that was the thing. Because when I got there, it was just like, ooh. So I, that's why I'm, you know, overdrawn on my personal account. I don't really have much money. I don't want to be complacent, probably the word. There's a phenomenon called um, like gold bell depression. Like when athletes get a gold medal, you strive and you achieve something and you hit that point. And like I say, afterwards, you slump, you get complacent yeah. because you've hit the gold medal. I think that's why they, they say it's, you know, an absolute marvel to see people win more than one Olympics because they've got to go through that gold medal. What do I do? Exactly. And it's really, and, and everyone can think, oh, it's good for you because you're the gold medalist. You won. But it's actually quite tough to stay at the top. If you look at mobile phone companies, when I was in Tunbridge Wells, there was probably 40 probably two so you know so you're trying to stay there in your area you're trying to stay at the top all the time and you have to just keep reinventing and also just stay stay hungry and i think staying humble if you can stay humble like you know you're saying what what would you think would be i'm i'm thinking if i could have fish and chips and a guinness on friday and i've had a good week i'm i'm this person beat that as because i like fish and chips and i like guinness so if I'm going into that and I, I'm happy, you know, and people know that. That's like if you said to me, Richard, I want to get you something. No one can get me. I'd just say, let's go for fish and chips. Guinness. Right, that's it. Yeah. Can't get me anything. No one can buy me birthday presents. My wife just gives up. I can't buy you anything because you've got everything. I'm like, yeah, but I don't want anything. Let's just go out. We'll go out and we go to the vineyard. We have a lovely meal. Come back. That, that's all I want. I don't want anything material because I've, I've, the things I've wanted, I've sort of got. So this is just time and experiences now that you're... Definitely, yeah, and helping other people and giving them more time, giving my staff more time, people around me that have, you know, helped me get where I want to be. You know, I've got a guy, Calvin, he looks after all the cars. He's been me 30 years. We were both in Mini Metros. So he had a black Mini Metro, I had a red one, and we'd go out and drive in, and we're still doing the same thing, except he's, he's going to me, Richard, I oh, don't get it. I said, what's wrong? He said, well, I'm going to get a P1. I said, I know. He's like, I'm going to faint. I said, oh, no. it's crazy, isn't it? Please don't faint. <laughs> but, it seems, the car, yes. <laughs> but it seems crazy. It doesn't yeah. seem real. It doesn't, you know, like I just took you in the garage, didn't I? Look at that. That doesn't seem real doesn't, to me. No, no it's yeah. just like, you know, and, and like, you know, I'll just chat to you about it in a normal way. And it's not like, oh, yeah, how do you go to Lamborghini? Yeah, because you're not trying to show off. You just know I love cars, which is it's interesting to see that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and, uh, and Richard, there are sort of like five questions they ask at the end of the yeah. podcast, and they're sort of quick fire. Um, and this, the first one might be a bit difficult because you only got three cars to 
put in any garage, what would those three cars be? Oh, Could have pre-warned me. Um, <laughs> well, I think I have to go Lancia because that was the car I wanted when I was here as, as an 80. Mm. So I have to put a Lancia rally car. Um, I think I'll go... Uh, are these to use or just, just three cars, three ultimate cars? cars. I think yeah. I'll go F40 because yeah. it was the car I always wanted. So Lancia rally car, which isn't very good for going to the shops, huh? F40. Um, and I think I'll go, I think I'd have to go Subaru 22B because I just think that's a car that is quite iconic and the Subaru thing. I- yeah. There's a reason I don't pre-warn people about those questions. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's nice to see people think. Um, but the next one is, if you've got any car to drive on any road or track, but you can own it once, where would you go and what would you take? Uh, I'd probably take that Hurricane STO um, and I'd go to Spa. Yeah. Is this something you've done? Or is no, but I just drive it on the sim all the time. Yeah. I think I know it pretty well and I, I think that STO feels quite friendly. Yeah. So I'd either do that or GT3 RS, but yeah, I'd love to go to Spa. I think go up that Eau Rouge, uh, STO would just be with the aero and everything. That'd be the end of me. Which is a ball of flame. <laughs> <laughs> so I died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one is then um, if you, you know, money, no object, if you could do anything, what would you do? Uh, I'd probably give it away. Yeah, I'd think I'd just do projects that can help people do with it. Um, and if you know this, this podcast is is so it's all about you know your journey, your career, and I want and, and you know young people like myself are always looking for advice. I am anyway. Um, and the next the next question is you know what would the advice you would give to a younger person or you maybe younger you growing up? Well, I think if you can do your passion, um, and then I would just be you've got the best opportunity ever to do well. You can't have a better opportunity. I didn't have this YouTube. I mean, I, I probably watch, I don't know. I'd like to think I watch 15 YouTube videos a day. Okay. okay, so if you're thinking you want to, you know, you want to get to levels, I am watching the news. I am looking on the iPad at data. Mm. I am watching every video of every YouTuber, every car. If you can do that research now in the passion or the industry you want to go in, you're going to have a massive advantage massive so i i think like for me it's just super exciting if i was 18 i'd be and i was doing a youtube channel Mm. i'd be buzzing you know but obviously at my age now i haven't quite got that level of energy but if i was 18 wasn't married didn't have children i'd be buzzing for it because i could just pick up loads of knowledge from everywhere and be thinking wow i can use this and really you know think about what i want to do whereas you got to remember when my days of trying to be the best golfer, I was like, set in video, golf my way, old books in black and white, how to chip. How to... I could go yeah. as a golfer now. I could go on and see Tiger Woods giving a thing on bunker shots and all that, and I'd be going back out. I'm coming back in. That would have been unbelievable. I can go on a driving range. It tells me how much spin, distance. I'd be lethal now. I'd be like right up there. But yeah. back then, I had to pace it. So all my yardages were done pacing. I'd walk, right, pitching wedge, 133, 9-iron, 145. But they're all paced. Yeah. Now I can just go, oh, yeah, 145. <laughs> this is crazy. So for young people now, it's just it's best opportunity to do well. 
Yeah. And the last question is, uh, what do you love most about cars? Uh, just emotion from them. I always feel like cars are just an emotional piece. They're not just like metal and that. I feel like they've got more of a human side. Mm. You know, I love cleaning them, making them nice, and just the enjoyment of, of driving. Being on my own with the, the right road, the right music, that would be the key. I love just, that's how I relax. You know, in the winter, I relax on the sim. Everyone goes, Richard, you're doing F1 on the sim. That's how I relax. I can't think about anything. Yeah, exactly. But that's what I do when I drive. I just want my songs on, whatever they are, old songs, Bon Jovi, Take That, or whoever. Just songs I like. Def Leppard especially, I just play that just all the time. Um, and that, that's, that's my enjoyment. That's how I yeah. love cars. Um, well, Richard, um, thank you for having me down. It's been a pleasure. No, thank it's been great, Harry. I know we met at Goodwood, didn't we? And you yeah. wanted to do it a while ago now. Yeah, I've been looking forward to doing it. This was so much more than I expected. Richard is quite a shy and closed off person, but as he was saying, he tried to open himself up. And by doing that, he not only inspired me to make the most of my life in the way he talked about life after the crash, but also what it gave him to enjoy everything in his life more, even the metal objects we all love so much. And the fact that he's more willing to take risks as well just amazed me. His openness and vulnerability took me back to when I started this podcast, when I was struggling with the very same thing that he was, and making the best guests feel comfortable. And so with that being said, I'm Harry and this is the Ignition Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, review and share this podcast with the petrol heads in your life.